0: Hey there, Bulldogs, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Tassel. This is your host, Carla Quintanilla. I am a marketing major at the sales class of 2021, and I am so delighted to be hosting this podcast with the purpose of reconnecting with our alumni and informing current students like you about the endless possibilities beyond college. Prepare to be inspired through the incredible stories of our alumni and learn valuable insights from their career journey. We are here to help you you spark your career curiosity and encourage you to begin exploring your future possibilities. Now, without further ado, let's get started with this week's guest. Hi, Abby. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Thank you so
1: much for having me.
0: Yes, of course. Thank you so much for meeting with me uh, in another episode of the Beyond the Tassel podcast. Um, we are super happy to have you. And it's I, I can't believe it because we are getting close to the semester now. I think we have a month left and we are recording, I think you might be the 17th episode, which is super crazy. Uh, we are very grateful.
1: That's so awesome. I know. I love what you're doing. I think this is this is just so awesome. So I'm honored to be a part of it
0: so um you know the purpose of our episodes here is just to get to know you and um you know see how our alumni are doing um some we have met wonderful alumni that have had super successful super fulfilling careers and we want to see that from you um but i want to backtrack a little bit because we when we talked a few weeks ago we talked uh, about your experience with the sales and you actually. Switching majors, and you started with nursing. So I guess I I want to know um, what first drew you to Desales and and in the field of nursing.
1: Yeah, so it was actually super interesting because my older sister went to Desales, so that was how I even knew about it. Um, mm-hmm. But. Yeah, and because DeSales was a small Catholic college, um, you know, I went to a small Catholic high school and that was something that I was really looking to, you know, continue in my education and something I really valued. So that was a main draw to DeSales for me, was the Catholic, um, you know, education and being a part of that. You know, DeSales was such, you could tell that they really put a lot of value on, um, you know, the salesian tradition and and just the sense of community i think overall was something that immediately drew me to DeSales sales and something that i fell in love with um and then like you had said uh yeah i started out as a nursing major and super interesting because obviously my uh journey to my career now was not linear from that point and uh right there was a big there was a big shift but what originally drew me to nursing was The help being in the helping profession Um, definitely and you know this obviously working in career development is. When you're exposed to certain careers that's kind of what you're what you're aware of what's out there, and so the helping profession to me was in the medical field and and that direction, so that was really what what drew me to nursing.
0: yeah did you what did your sister major in
1: she was a dance major so talk about polar opposites
0: (laughs) yeah yeah interesting um do you have anyone in um, the medical field in your family
1: I don't and so that's the other thing too is that um yeah so I it's I have like my friends parents in the medical field and things like that and um and my um my best friend's mom is actually a nurse and so that was i just loved what she did and i thought it was just i just loved that she was working with people all the time and so that was so cool to me but um i know why you asked that question is because oftentimes you know we're only uh you know our limited exposure is uh you know just to what our family and you know the people around us uh what their professions are and so which is why there's such a big importance on uh you know career education and and opening up those I guess, uh, exposure to other, other careers and fields and such like that. I guess I could say there were people in my life, just not immediately family members.
0: Yeah. And I mean, we'll talk about it when we get towards your profession, right. And what you do, because you are a, a counselor uh, in, in the educational uh, field. And um, we'll talk about the importance of like having, a pers- you know, um, going to a guidance counselor at a younger age to have that kind of, com- those kind of conversations. Because I know they're, for example, for high school counselors, when I used to go to high school counselors, they give you a little bit of exposure and guidance as to uh, what you might want to major on based on your talents and personality and what you want to seek in the future. So, but but um, so you decided to switch at one point um, in your I want to say your sophomore your sophomore year, right? From from nursing to psychology. Can you tell us about that journey that drew you to then um, switch to psychology?
1: you know my journey to school counseling now was not a linear one and i started out uh, as a nursing major obviously and as you know i was i don't think we mentioned this yet but that i was a student athlete at Desales sales as well so going in my freshman year i had a lot on my plate and um, i quickly found out how overwhelming that was it was at the very end of my freshman year, I was 0.02 away from the GPA that I needed to stay in the nursing program. So I spoke to my advisor and right, it was just soul crushing in the moment. Um, But I had spoken to my academic advisor about it, who was um, a professor in the nursing program. And so at that point, because I wasn't in the nursing program either, this was also a time where I was being shifted over to a general ed type of academic advisor like somebody who wasn't in the nursing program Mm so um so you know in that meeting with her we kind of talked about maybe tailoring my classes towards getting back into the nursing program and um you know still staying on that track but just not necessarily being uh moving on in the progression of the nursing program so i tailored my classes in my sophomore year to still stay on on track with the science classes that I would needed required as a nursing major. And I wanna say it was about halfway through where I felt like there's just something missing here. And I wasn't feeling that sense of motivation that I saw in so many other students, especially my nursing peers. I felt that they were so driven into this into this field. And, and maybe that's the, because they were in the nursing program and things were a little bit more tailored specifically towards being a nurse and, you know, developing into that profession. Whereas I was a little bit more generalized in my classes. Um, I just was lacking that sense of passion. And so I think that it was, it was Christmas break of my sophomore year that I just, I remember sitting down with my mom and being like, I just don't know if nursing is it for me. And at this point I had taken a couple psychology courses to fill up the, um, you know, those general ed classes, but also the psych 101 that's required that uh, we all take in our freshman year. And I remember feeling like super excited about those classes. And so, yeah. And so I was like, you know what, I think I'm going to talk to my psychology professor and, and see what they have to say about what the psychology field is like, what kind of careers are out there. And so once I had done that, I actually met with um, Dr. Starling and um, she was just, I have to say, and and she I don't even think I've caught up with her since I've graduated, which I really should, but she was instrumental in guiding my career at this point too. Um, but even back then, she kind of just opened my eyes to how, how much there is out there and that being a mental health professional is, A different way to be in the helping profession. And that was just something, again, I was like almost felt like it was something so glaringly obvious, but it wasn't clear to me and it wasn't something that I thought about. So it wasn't necessarily school counseling that I immediately was drawn to, um, you know, once I switched to psychology. But kind of as I had gone on and taken Dr. Amore's uh, counseling psychology class, that's when I really realized that I wanted to be a counselor specific to younger students. So that was kind of how I ended up there um, through or at my, you know, my journey into sales. And and there were lots of other things that kind of led me back to school and being a school counselor, but um, that was the essence of it. And what just something I wanted to specifically point out is that in the time, uh, you know, I was really upset and felt really lost when I was going through this whole thing of being dropped from the nursing program. I felt like such a failure. And it was so disappointing. And I, you know, to not have that sense of purpose was really difficult. And, and to also not have a major where I knew that I was graduating, and I would be getting right into it, like there was going to be a longer journey for me. So it didn't feel as, um, you know, as great as, you know, I look back now, and I'm like, thank goodness that things happened the way that they did, because it is all part of, you know, your, special unique journey and and the greater plan if you will um so that was something that was really interesting is that i now i look back and i i tell that story with um you know a much more positive uh outlook on it
0: yeah i mean thank you so much for sharing this and it's so crazy because i would say now about 60 percent of the people alumni that i have interviewed Have told me that they've switched majors, have told me the same, like the same type of structure. They started with something that they thought was going to be it. That was their um, main thing. They tried it, and all of a sudden, they have this intuitive intuition or this feeling that you know what now that i'm immersed in this thing in this field it doesn't feel like it's the right fit they switched and now they're in their professional well established and they're like thank god exactly what you're telling me right it's supposed to show right i'm telling you what to, that every, anyone, if you're listening to this for the first time to this um to this podcast, it is so common. It is totally okay if you're a student. It is totally okay if you're thinking about switching. Continue to assess the alternatives. Continue to assess, um, you know, why your why. Why are you doing this? Um, but know that, like Abby, it is it is so okay. It is so normal. Sometimes it, like you said, that greater plan it leads you to something better that um, that you're destined to do so yeah that's
1: awesome i love that you say that carlin it was actually something i learned in grad school that just totally um connects to what you were just saying is that um you know when plan a doesn't work instead of going to plan b you make a new plan a that way we reframe it in the way that's not like we're um we're settling but we're we're making something totally new for ourselves and something that is so you know it's going to it's gonna work out and things are gonna be right just for you. And yeah, so I just I love that you just said that because yes, it's I think that's so important.
0: Yeah, that's so wonderful. Well, um now we talked about that transition and part of it was also too because I mean, if I'm not mistaken, you were very involved with being an athlete. That also is very much something you have to balance in college, and sometimes you have to know the trade-offs between being a really highly like me, like I'm a highly involved student, um, and then being in a highly rigorous major. So tell us about your involvement though. You were you did a lot, you were a peer mentor, you were um an athlete, you did um some volunteering during the spring breaks and you even did you completed seniors success series, which is something that I know if Kristen is listening, she'd love to to hear. Um, but yeah, tell us just a little bit more about your experiences doing all of that. What yeah. And I
1: A big piece of that too, is that, you know, being involved is so important. And it was something that I, being involved in, in what I was at DeSales has served me in so many arenas now in life, but I just developed so much, um, or, you know, I just got so much out of of doing what I did. And I think when you have that passion for your career, like I said, it doesn't, um, necessarily, the extracurricular and being involved shouldn't take away from the academics, and you know, you learn to balance it, but it's something that is just so important when you're enriching your education in that way. Um, which is another reason that I, you know, kind of realized that nursing wasn't for me because I knew it was doable to balance these things, but there was just that missing piece. Um, but yeah, so I was so my major involvement, um, was. And one that I I feel was what I got the most out of when I was at DeSales is being a peer mentor. That was just instrumental in developing, um, you know, my my skills of working on a team. Even I honestly think more so than sometimes being a student athlete um, and just uh, being part of the orientation team, but also carrying out that relationship with your students um or the you know the first year students all year long was something that i just loved and it wasn't always easy and they struggled but i just felt like that was it was just so awesome to be involved like that and to be a part of of the character you program it was it was incredible and um you know i love nick he's the best and uh you know he was a big part of uh of a lot of how i led to my my career now too and he was he was really big in a lot of big stuff that I went through at Desales so he was he was a rock to me. Wow. So, yeah, the Care to You program and being a peer mentor has was just something that, you know, I'll cherish forever. It was it was so awesome. Um so another involvement that I was uh, you know, I really cherished throughout my time at Desales was getting involved with the Center for Service and Social Justice mm-hmm. that I did three alternative spring breaks. So one, my sophomore, junior and senior year wow. we were in the United States. And then I had went to Nicaragua in my junior year, which was just, it was so incredible. But one of the my favorite parts about all of it was getting to know people that might not be in your normal social circles, whether it's in your major or on a sports team or whatever it may be. Um, just someone that you might not normally connect with. And I, that was just so valuable to me because some of my most meaningful friendships and relationships had really come from being a part of these service trips and and community engagement. So that was just something that was really special. And yes, the Senior Success Series, it was not only such a rich experience in what you get to do and be a part of that, you know, learning how to network and just all those professional tips that will serve you immensely as you you know, move on and graduate from to sales um but it was just so much fun and it was really awesome getting to see, again some people that you might not normally engage with and you know see every day it, it was just a really cool experience to be a part of that with other people graduating with you and yeah. you know being on that journey together because senior year it's it's a journey it's there's so much going on and it was just really awesome to kind of have that group of people that you were you know always with and and going through some of that stuff with so i really enjoyed that
0: yeah oh my goodness i did i can't believe you did three three alternative springs spring breaks i only did one and then right now they are postponed obviously but i would have loved to do one i had i went to the one in kentucky i don't know if you went to that one
1: Um, i didn't but then i've always heard such good things it,
0: it was wonderful um but I just want to go back to what you're saying and your passion for helping others. A lot of the things that you're involved with and, you know, involved helping other people. Like, I think that's just within you, like peer mentoring, you're helping other upcoming freshmen, Um, the volunteer program, you're helping other communities. And that is so, so great. Um, Well, i love to hear that and I, I i i always encourage people that are still in college at the sales that they do some sort of helping uh volunteering right now they are having um uh, volunteering actually at the elementary school i do um i do like free free lesson like a free lesson plan for like activities for them to just take a break um of their courses and we zoom in and we do um, you know, we do one of those like self care workshops or gratitude, and that's a way to serve, right? So I encourage anyone listening to get involved in in helping others. It truly, you know, builds your involvement uh, as a college student, and it can help you just build your character and um, you know contribute.
1: I love that you do that. I think that's incredible.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Well, let's let's talk a little bit more about you. I want to transition to talk to you about. Um, Pursuing your master's. Just a little bit about your master's program. Um, In order for you to become a counselor, you had to go through your master's program. Is that why you decided to pursue it right after graduation?
1: Yes, correct. So it was, you know, after my junior year when I had taken um, the counseling psychology class that um, I realized that counseling was what I wanted to do and in all cases, especially in Pennsylvania, you do need a master's degree to carry out any kind of counseling. But definitely, um, you know, school counseling is, uh, you know, you need your master's degree from a accredited program. And my specific program was, I was certified upon graduation, certified K through um, twelve in my master of education. So, there's programs differ in terms of you know whether it's a master of science. But I was what was really Um, something that drew me to Westchester was that it was accredited in master of education um, and counseling. So, um, you know, for anybody looking in that direction, make sure that you're looking at programs that are accredited because that will serve you in uh, finding a job later on. But, um, but yeah, so I knew I had, I had to go on for my master's. And so that was, I mean, that's why I immediately started after, after graduating.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's, That's good to know for anyone that's listening that would like to go into that field. Um, I'm sure, you know, they might already know, but just want to make it clear that this is something that you can look into as well. Westchester has a great program for the Master of Education as we hear it that's something that um, you can look into if you're listening um okay so uh i want to just talk about your um a little bit of a specific things that you do in your job and encourage as well like kind of the purpose um advocating for anything in your field um that anyone can listen uh and and be more informed so let's talk about and this is something that is super important nowadays um, as we are transitioning into online learning um, so I want to talk to you about the idea of uh, mental health in that academic environment um, and how that has shifted during COVID in your specific, um, I guess, school or even just what you've seen thus far from your fellow um, counselors. How have has it shifted in, in, um, in the school and the academic setting?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, rates of Of depression and suicide have gone up nationally like that's you know no secret but what i've seen specifically um you know in the mental health declining aspect is that i work in a middle school so i was in the middle school setting when schools had first closed last march and in the beginning it was it was not as bad as it was um you know kind of when we were in i guess want to say like the middle of it like right when we started kids were still engaged things weren't as as heavy i guess as they are now because there wasn't really i guess we kind of saw an end to it and didn't think that it was going to last forever but i would say when we returned to school this year was when i really saw the shift in student mental health was because this was still happening and there really wasn't an end to it um that we you know could foresee in the future so I definitely saw that big shift go down at the beginning of the school year and kind of that sense of, um, I think a lot of students feel hopeless. Um, a lot that I talked to have kind of decided to give up give up on academics and they just don't really kind of see a point anymore. And it's really hard to keep them engaged, especially the ones who have to be 100% virtual. Um, you know, at my school, we do have the hybrid option where students are in some days and, um, know we're working towards getting students back all five days some of them actually um you know we do have a five-day plan for a, a lot of students do get to come in so as we're working towards that but there are some students that don't have the choice and they have to be home all five days or yeah all five days of the week so they don't even get that chance to come in and get back to that connection even to school to their peers to their friends so those students that worries me the most and that's where my biggest area of concern and in supporting mental health is the students who are most isolated um you know in that aspect so it definitely the isolation piece is huge and i think that that's why the mental health aspect uh you know really has become so prevalent i think not only to school age students but for everybody is because we've lost that
0: yeah yeah, it is. It is definitely a concern that at first and, you know, I, I didn't think I was going to struggle. I, I see myself as very resilient and, and like adaptable, but it really has to like taking classes online, taking just the, even just the whole hybrid has really been difficult um, for for even college students. So um, I'm wondering um, if you would have any suggestions for um, students and how they can take care of their mental health. In, in today's climate, do you is there something that you personally t- uh, tell your students or in something that maybe we can hear as a college student to take care of ourselves?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the number one thing that I always talk to students about is developing a routine because in a world where there is not a lot that we can control right now, we can control ourselves (laughs) as simple and, and kind of silly as that sounds, but the routine is such a big aspect of this. And especially, you know, for the, my students are home and they're, you know, waking up at whatever time that they want to, and they're not, they don't have a study space or whatever. It's just all about the organization of that routine and having stability and control over those things that you can, because, you know, when we don't have the structure of, of all of that, it, it's really, it can be detrimental. So the routine I think is a big piece of it. And then the self-care, you know, we hear it all the time, but it is so important to do stuff for yourself. Um, oftentimes when I talk to students, I ask them what they do for themselves, what what do they enjoy? And, and even if it's something that, whether it's a sport or whatever that is that can't take place right now, how can we make that work or involve the, the aspects of that, of being active in, in another way? Um, you know, taking on a hobby, getting crafty, whatever it is, something that is an outlet because a lot of us have lost those outlets. So that's a big piece as I talk to my students, kind of examine unique to them, you know, what what helps and, and what's a good coping strategy in that aspect. So definitely that, the routine, the, um, you know, protecting your mental health with the, um, you know, finding what works for you and what's a good outlet Exercise is critical uh, to mental health and improving, and sleep. Having a sleep schedule um, is definitely something that really helps to protect your mental health. and having your social circles, I think that it's it's really important to lean on your people because things are going to get heavy. Uh, they have gotten heavy and you can't take it on alone. And I think that that is just such an important thing for us to remember is that we're not expected to take it all on by ourselves and that it is difficult. So really having, knowing your people, knowing who has your back and, you know, being able to rely on them for when things are difficult and not being afraid to ask for help, um, you know, and. And even with all those things in place, sometimes we we need that next level of care. And so, recognizing when you should be seeking out professional help is just is so important. So, um, you know, I really encourage everybody to to really recognize, you know, how things are for them, and you know where they where the help is, and and to seek that out because I think that um, you know, you could be in the best shape or the worst shape, but everyone, everyone can benefit from, from supporting their mental health and, and seeking out that kind of help. So I, I encourage everybody, you know, to take advantage of the resources that you can.
0: Yeah. And, and, um, that's so good that you say that because i want to mention that there we have the mental health um counselors at the sales so if anyone's listening and they think you need some sort of um help in in talking to someone and and you know counseling we have that available we will link all the information on this episode but yeah everything you mentioned is so critical um you know one thing i'll be honest is the thing that sometimes feels Um, uh, difficult is we have all of these uh, things that we that we have to do for school that we're leaving very little time to take care of ourselves so how do we balance right the between having all of these assignments um and then finding that time for ourselves that's one thing that we got to figure out always having um a routine to have that hour two hours to just go exercise just meditate just do something that relaxes you and turns off your um, busy mode your busy work mode is super key um yeah and i don't know if it's um if it's just because we're all virtual but it seems like um it is so accessible everyone's online so so everybody needs to you know, acknowledge that we're all going through the same thing. And because we're all, all online,
1: it's good to reach out to one another. Um, Absolutely. Right. That loss of social connection, you just have to find it in other ways. And that's the theme, I think, of everything that I've personally learned, you know, throughout the pandemic is just finding a different way to make it work. Um, you know, and and as you said, you know, we, the sales counseling um, services are incredible and oftentimes they're almost I think they're a little bit more accessible at this point, like across the board, you know, for everything, just because we have the telehealth option now. So, um, you know, I think that that's just, I'm really glad that you mentioned that, so important. Thank
0: you, thank you. Well, um, I just wanna, I just wanna ask you one more thing about just everything that you've shared today. And I thank you for all of these insightful things that I, I hope that it's a helpful reminder to anyone that's listening about the benefits of counseling, the benefits even just to, um for a student to, to reconsider their options. If they do not feel like they are in the right um, fit in their majors, your journey has been something super valuable for us to learn from. So thank you, uh, Abby. And I I just want to ask you, you know, now that you've been um, a counselor for a few years now, um, what are some things that you would recommend for any student that might be considering going into this field? Um, maybe some qualities that a person that a person might need to be a good fit for this for this career. Um, again, going back to what we're saying, uh, sometimes we don't know if we are a good fit until we learn from others or we experience it ourselves. So, can you give us a few a few tips on that?
1: Absolutely. I love I love that you asked that. I think that that's so important and and yeah, oftentimes we don't know until until we're in it. I think that one of, you know, the most important traits of of being a counselor is the one that's so obvious and it's being empathetic and being able to really you might not always know what the person that you're sitting with, the student that you're sitting with is going through, but you're able to understand the feeling and really make sure that they understand that those feelings are valid so that sense of empathy and being so genuine in that and it not being just a hat that you put on and that you know you're not it's something that you truly feel um you know and it's ingrained in your character is being able to be genuine and, and that but also just the role of a school counselor you have to be flexible um things are ever changing and days are chaotic um you know you have to be willingness to work with difficult people difficult parents difficult students, um, you know, working on a team with your faculty so it's definitely a team oriented profession, even though. Um, you know oftentimes you're working individually with students, um, you know there's there's just so many aspects to the school counseling career and, and we work with students and in all different. Um, you know realms of of career development of social emotional and academic so really just having that piece of it is, is so important of, of wanting to help and support the students at all times. So it's just that unconditional support and being genuine in that, um, you know, and, helping them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for giving us that insight. Right. Um, because I feel like, you know, one of the reasons why we do this is so that people are more aware, um, you know students or even alumni are more aware about what happens in our careers and how can they be um you know how can it help them even pursue that career or just be aware of what's happening uh, in today's climate in that specific career too or even just the journey of success um, for some people so thank you so much and i just want to say um if anyone are you a dsu mentor
1: I am. I I filled out the form and everything. So yes, I'm available to be contacted. Um, You know, I would love to talk. This was obviously only the very tip of of everything that involves school counseling and so many different things. So I'm available and willing to talk to anybody who's thinking about not only the school counseling profession, but the counseling profession um, in general.
0: Yes. Great. Great. So anyone, if you want to reach out to Abby, please make sure you go to um, your DSU mentor program on um, my DSU and reach out to Abby. And Abby, thank you so much. I hope you have a lovely uh, rest of your of your day and that, you know, we hear more from you. We will be, um, we would love to stay in touch.
1: Thank you, Carla. So lovely meeting with you. I really appreciate it.
0: Of course. Thank you.
1: Thank you once again for tuning in to
0: today's episode of Beyond the Tassel. It is our pride to present the success stories of our DeSales alumni via a podcast. If you are a DeSales alumni and would like to become a TSU mentor, you can contact melanie.valone at desales.edu. And if you are currently a DeSales student and would like to connect with an alumni in your field, you can contact kathy.kraus at
1: desales.edu. Until next time, Bulldogs.